Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the First and Fifteen podcast. I'm Joel Pulliam. The first comes from the First Amendment, which is the right to free speech, and the fifteenth comes from the Fifteenth Amendment, which is the right to vote. So let's just jump right into it. Um, what I wanted to talk about today is next year's election. Um, I was looking at an Emerson poll earlier this week, and it showed Trump winning 46-44. Obviously, there's space, you know, to grow because it's only 90% of the vote. But what struck me is that Emerson, for those, you know, who maybe don't follow polls, it's, it's kind of like the New York Times seeing a poll I referenced in one of the previous episodes. It's, it's, a, it's a very good poll. Uh, 2020, they said Joe Biden was going to win uh, by four percentage points. I believe it was 51-47. It was almost that. Uh, so them having Trump winning by two, that's not too outlandish or crazy. We've talked about it before. Um, next year's election is going to be very, very close. You know, I know some people, they could be a little delusional. I don't mean that in a bad way. I think people are just, they, they can't foresee another Trump, you know, term. So they're like, you know, I'm just going to wipe that out my mind. But this is reality. And the reality is it's going to be a toss up next year. Right. Uh, 2020, it came down to three states. Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, 42,000, little over 42,000 votes. If they switch, Trump's won the second term. Um, so that's how close elections are. This is not Barack Obama where he was just kind of like smashing people. Um, if you look at the electoral map, right, you'll see that really the four battleground states, in my opinion, are Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania might be the most important of all of them. Uh, whoever gets Pennsylvania will probably win the election. 19 electoral votes. In a close election, whoever wins those, probably the winner. Uh, and I know people, they hate to hear this, but I think you have to hear reality of where this country is right now. If you look at countless polls, I believe they said Trump is in a better position now than he had, he was at any point in 2020. And again, 2020 was decided in three states by 42,000 votes. You are not working with big margins here. Um, and I think a lot of people are keeping their heads in the sand and thinking, you know, court cases and indictments are going to prevent. Trump's numbers have gone up. I think people have to come to the realization that this country, a lot of it is crooked. And a lot of people like chaos. And a lot of people like bigotry. A lot of people, I mean, they're... We're going to get into it later on, but about the reasons why this is close. But but that's one of the reasons, right? The white lash you saw in 2016, I think, in 2020, you know, the the, the George Floyd and all that. And uh, you can always see it when, when white America thinks there's overreach, right? That, that, you know, black people, they're doing too much. And you could kind of see it. Like even small stuff like a Jason Aldean song being number one. You know, try that in a small town, rocking in at number one. That showed me then you can look at cultural uh, 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 signs and be like, okay, there's the white lash. I see it. So in 2024, I think this is a toss up, man. And one of the reasons is that a lot of white people, they they done with us. You know, they, they kind of over the Black Lives Matter thing. They're like, well, we did our part. We moving on. You know, that that's just American history. Another thing is like when you look at incumbent parties, right? You, um, they usually lose, like the last four general elections, take uh, Trump in 2020, 
you know, Democrats in 2016, uh, 2012, Barack Obama, 2008 with Republicans, the, the incumbent party, whether they are holding the presidency or, or the president was leaving, they've lost, they've slipped in electoral votes. Trump obviously got less in 2020 than he got in 2016. He lost. Uh, Democrats got less than what Obama had in 2012 and 2016. You know, 2012, Barack Obama got less electoral votes than he got in 2008. In 2008, uh, the Republicans, and this they were represented by John McCain, got less electoral votes than what George Bush had had in 2004. So the last four general elections, the incumbent party has slipped when it comes to electoral votes. I think it's because, you know, people, um, they're, they're fickle. You know, it's, it's the what have you done for me lately. So I expect this to be even closer maybe than what it was, you know, three years ago. So I think people need to just be prepared for one of the closest elections. Um, that's just the political side, like, just looking at it, I feel like a lot of people are fooling themselves by thinking, oh, it's going to be a landslide. They'll never, you know, look at the special elections. I want to tell people special elections is another thing. Special elections don't really correlate a lot of times with results of, like, a general election because it's one referendum. Like you saw in Florida, uh, they voted for what was a, for felons to gain the right to vote. But then at the same time, they voted for, you know, up and down for Republicans. So both can be done, you know, look at Kansas. It, it's just hard to correlate a lot of times. Like Kansas, they're not voting Democrat for a, a presidential election, but they have a Democratic governor. And they also voted, you know, against, overwhelmingly against an abortion ban that was like on, on in a special election. Uh, it was like a referendum for uh, an abortion ban, and they overwhelmingly voted against it. So it shows... You can't make a direct correlation. Again, I think people are fooling themselves by thinking like, oh, that means, you know, oh, you see this in Ohio? That happened a few weeks ago. Uh, that that means, oh, Trump can't win or they have a chance in Ohio. And I'm not trying to like crap on anybody's like faith or what they believe. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're going to have to work much harder than what you think. It's not just going to be handed. Yeah, I just feel like we're in the cycle of, like I said before, people being dissatisfied uh ungrateful a lot of times in politics just in general you're not getting that that second you know election boost a lot of times like that was regular for presidents uh, eisenhower you can think of lbj um bill clinton even got that in 96 that was kind of normal for you know a president for a second term to get a boost um in electoral votes and popular vote but since the turn of the century that that's that's not the norm it's kind of been reversed like we said before um they usually the incumbent party loses electoral votes and slip in popular vote so if it was really close in 2020 i expect it to be really close um next year so that means you know if you're the democratic party you got to put in more work and more work into your base and you know there are going to be people who believe i'm not here to get into trump's legal issues again we've covered that too um, he's rightfully being indicted because he did uh, attempt a coup against the United States. And in Georgia, he, he, he harassed black poll workers. He intimidated government officials, all crimes that he should be held accountable for. So that's not the debate. 
The debate is, will he be held accountable before the election? I'm going to be honest. Uh, I just don't think that can be a concern if you're a party or if you're voters, because more likely, probably not. I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to, like, you know, ruin people's day or anything like that. All I'm saying is that as a black man, I can't, I like, I know how this country operates. You know how, you know, the judicial system operates and how white men like Trump have been able to get away with everything for forever, you know? And so I'm not going to act like I put my full faith in judicial system to hold him accountable. I mean, not, not when they allow him to even be out on bail or to have special privileges. Why would I think, like, come on. I just think if you're counting on that, then you're going to be waiting a long time and you're setting yourself up. Uh, and I mean, the crazy part, and this is America, is that his poll numbers have slightly went up. And, and I mean, on the general election. Now, when it comes to the Republican Party, they've, I mean, he's way ahead of everybody. And this is with four indictments or multiple indictments for four different cases. So, A, America loves chaos. And, and B, this is a cult. And I keep trying to tell people, they're psychophants. They're not peeling off of Donald Trump. They're not. So he has a clean 44, 45% of Americans. And scary enough, with the Electoral College being as biased towards Republicans as it is, that's almost enough. That's almost all you need. If he can get to 47, 48, it's going to be tough to beat him. Just because Electoral College favors white states, Republican states. And you have to remember, like, if you crunch the numbers, a Democrat would need to win the popular vote by at least 4% to have a 50-50 shot at winning the Electoral College. You know, and I want to address Democrats. Um, Y'all better do a better job of reaching out to the base. I'm warning people, man. I'm warning people. That base starts off with black people, first of all. I mean, there are other groups, but black people are the foundation of the Democratic Party. Uh, I worked for the Biden campaign in South Carolina, and I can tell you black people are the reason that man's in the White House. And that better, that black people better be at the top of the list of, of being reached out to because, again, no black people, no black workers, no black volunteers, no black voters. Donald Trump went in a second term. And I'm here to say that there is apathy within the community. You have to look at it from 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 this perspective. Obviously, I'm a go vote. I'm politically engaged. But for a lot of people, they feel just left out. And we've talked about this. They, they feel uh, 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 just discouraged, discontent with the whole process. Because I'm, if I'm going to be honest, in 2020, and I realized before I say this, I realized that the how complex politics can can be and passing laws and how you have to have a filibuster proof majority. I get it. I get it. I get it. But if we're just talking from a political perspective, from optics, if you're a black person that's gone through hundreds of years of, of this mess in this country, then in 2020 with George Floyd, people promising you, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to hear your voices businesses saying they're going to do stuff for you politicians saying hey we're going to join hands and 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 we're going to pass this and this and none of it's been done what do y'all think's going to happen there has been no policing bill and obviously you know you, 
you have the optics of, of George Floyd's family coming to the White House and nothing being done after that, right? Joe Biden even, and I'm a, look, I'm going to tell the truth, it even discouraged me to see him stay the union, give in to that old white trope thing where presidents turn, the politicians turn their backs on black people to uh, help white people feel better, middle, middle America feel better, right? Uh, he wanted to give police, well, he did, he gave police more funding. And I don't think you need more funding, you know, to train police not to beat our heads in, you know what I mean? And it just showed, you know, some things never change in politics. And, and that's one of the oldest American tradition. You know, you, you, you don't have a police reform bill, uh, even when it comes to voting rights. Um, I don't think, it, I, my honest opinion, I don't think Joe Biden has used the bully pulpit like he can. Again, politics a lot of times about optics and showing people that you're willing to go the extra mile and that you'll do anything for them. I think people can understand not being able to pass a police reform bill, not being able to pass a voting rights bill. But what they don't appreciate is when it just seems like a lack of effort. Right. And I'm talking about from Joe Biden himself. I think the last speech I heard from on voting rights in a long time. I remember uh, before the Georgia election, I'm not sure it was the last speech he gave on voting rights. But I remember us, you know, thinking like, OK, dad, why did it take that long? I'm like, why, why did it take that long to talk about? Because what it does, and here's the, here's the thing. If you wait until election time to address these issues, it will come off as performative and not genuine, and it will turn even more people off. So I'm warning Democrats, they need to get started today. I think people underestimate people's frustration, and they overestimate black people's patience with things. I'm not saying, and here's the thing. I'm not even talking about black people voting for Trump. Because that won't be a lot. But in a game of margins, you need as many black people to show up and vote. And black people will stay at home if they feel like the system doesn't help them any. And that is the case Democrats will have to make. Is that, you know, when everybody's talking about, hey, democracy, we need to, you know, save democracy. You will have to make the argument that democracy is worth saving. Even when it comes to, like, the teams and how they look. Um, more diversity and people are going to hate when I say this more black men I think black men their constituency that the Democratic Party has to make some more inroads with next year I mean you can hear it on the ground and 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 this is the thing yes every I, I get people are going to say while they're listening to this people should go and vote because look I agree I vote every time I can but and a lot of people they feel left out of the process you know they're people who are still hungry they're desperate um, they're searching. I mean, so a lot of people, they feel discontent. When you get paid in elections, this is what you get paid to do is to convince people. If you're going to get into politics or advocacy or any of that, you have to convince people. And and here's the thing. I'm not talking about convincing Trump voters because, again, I think if you vote for Trump, you, you, you're kind of out, you out there. But there's 100 million Americans who do not vote. 100 million like, go after them. If you can get 5 million here, 10 million there, that shifts the future of this country. But not only that, you, you owe it to them to reach out to them. You know, I, I think of the gospel, right? My dad, he's a pastor. And, you know, we always talk about a lot of problems in churches is that it's, it's just an echo chamber, right? Uh, the gospel isn't 
the good news isn't being spread to people who've never heard it. It's still being spread amongst the same people and it's not growing. And politics is kind of the same way. If it's going to be the same group of people, I mean, then you're just going from here on out, just have close elections to where you got to stay up all night and, and the country has to be in a bind and, and people making up conspiracy theories about rigged elections. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm kind of tired of it. I think a lot of people are tired of it. And, and even when it comes to uh, diversity, also diversity of backgrounds, when you're working in politics, you need people, especially on the ground. But no, people who advise, I'm going to say this, who don't have traditional backgrounds. Because that's another thing. The party, they're slipping, the Democratic Party is slipping when it comes to pe- people without a college degree. And I'm not even talking about white people. I'm talking about minorities, black people, Latino people without college degrees. There are six, seven point shifts. And in a state like Pennsylvania and a state like Georgia, that's the difference between winning and losing. And what you don't want to do as a party is become. In a weird way, the party of the elite, even though you're actually trying to pass bills that help poor people and middle class it's a weird thing but you just don't i it's it it's not fair but you need to change those optics because that can be a problem in 2024 and, and on uh because not everybody most people don't have a college degree i'm gonna be honest i don't i didn't finish college you know i was fortunate enough to, to be able to uh, uh work in politics and, and now like advocacy but you still have those barriers where people don't acknowledge you. They don't uh, They don't respect what you have to say. And if a party is going to be like that, then you're going to keep losing voters that potentially would vote for you. And here, here's the thing. Those, those black and Latino people without college degrees, they're not going to vote for Trump, but they're just going to stay home. And you cannot afford that. I'm trying to tell you because this thing is going to be razor thin next year. And, and I mean, and if by chance Trump's in jail, I mean, he could still technically even run from jail. Eugene Debs did it. Uh, and, and Trump could come close to winning even from jail. You know, I mean, even if it was a, another default Republican, which I don't think there's any chance, it still would be very close because that's just the nature of politics. You, if you're the Democratic Party, I am warning you, get the base, the base, the base together. You have to. And that includes black people and actually speaking to them. And I think this is my advice. I think stuff like expanding the Supreme Court needs to be on the table. Eliminating the filibuster. Look, you can't play not to lose. Me and my brother talk about this all the time. When teams play not to lose, they end up losing. You can't run out the clock. You're going to have to go for, 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 for things that can actually shift the paradigm in America. Like, expanding the Supreme Court would shift the paradigm in America. Eliminating the filibuster would shift the paradigm in America. But if people are going to believe it's going to be the same old election as it always is, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get close elections to where you're wondering if Donald Trump wins the second term. You know, and of course, if if the country had made the right decision in 2016, we wouldn't be here, you know, where we're at right now. But it is what it is. So that's just my little, you know overview of next year's election i mean things can change but you know i think people need to take trump's chances of winning very seriously and they need to fight against apathy um especially in our community you know people 
black people's questions they need to be addressed black people's grievances they need to be addressed you got to have the base you can't win without the base so it's just a little warning um but thank you guys for for listening to me um if you can please subscribe uh just trying to get this message out to people really this podcast is for you know my community and other overlooked communities it's, it's a way to engage and inform and you know uplift and amplify voices you know, especially voices from people who are who are unheard a lot of times, who are ignored. Um, so if you can, just trying to reach people, please subscribe, please share it with people if you like it. And uh, and I don't take for granted when when one person listens to this podcast. So thank you for listening. And oh, you can follow me on social media if you ever want to talk about you know what's going on in this nation, current events, police, uh, advocacy, politics, any of that. Uh, just reach out to me. And it's, you know, Joel underscore poem, all lowercase on, you know, any social media, Twitter, Instagram, threads, um, threads kind of, you know, I hope it gets back popping again. But, uh, uh, yeah, just reach out to me on there. And, and again, I don't take it for granted when anyone listens. If, if one person listens, I'm very, very grateful. So uh, with that, I want to leave you with this one statement. There's nothing wrong with being upset because passion only means one thing, that you're still alive. God bless.